Chapter 8 Tommy Gallagher Bosch, Early Summer, 2349 First day of class, we met in a large pitched room with rows of desks that have seats in deep red upholstery set up on an incline and a large dais at the base in front of an immense white board that is mostly covered by an image of a Bosch airship. Though this ship doesn't look like the one I flew in on. This one looks almost like a sailing ship, all black and silhouetted in front of the moon. It flies a red flag, and underneath it are two crossed pirate daggers and the letters BPF. That is the emblem of the Bosch Pirate Force, and Peter had told me this is the lecture hall. I pause at the door and back to watch the dynamic flow of the group. There is a group of officers standing on the dais, talking with one another. Right up in the front row, there are the eager recruits, eyes straight ahead and books and devices stacked neatly at the ready. A couple of them even engage in talking with the officers. In the third row, I see a group of guys that laugh a little too loudly and take their seats like they own the place. No nervous shuffling from them, unlike the row of guys in the not-quite-back row. They look very apprehensive and are fiddling with pencils and picking at their faces. There are 53 of us. Four are women. I walk down to sit next to the other three women near the front, which would not be my choice of seats. I'm more of a very back row kind of student, but I assume they will likely be my support through all this. I saw them when I came in, and at first I couldn't tell them apart. Their hairstyles, jewelry, and mannerisms are so similar. As I sit nearby, I overhear them talk about themselves. Michelle is a willowy blonde from District 1. Her dad is a banker. Waverly, a darker blonde but just as slender, is from a small village in District 4. Her family has always enlisted, she says, although she is the first girl to do so in 50 years, which I think is pretty cool. Petra, who is dark-skinned and dark-haired, is originally from Bosch, but her parents moved their family to Truevale, the capital of the F.A., when she was a baby. Now she is back to serve her country. I turn towards them and whisper, Well, we'll all have to stick together. I don't realize how North Country that sounds until I see them all pause their conversation and look at me. Michelle looks me up and down and then rolls her eyes. Shit. She turns a bit more toward me and grimaces. Seriously? Who are you and what backwater district are you from? Are you even Bosch? There is a titter of laughter from the other two women. All three are a couple years younger than me by the calendar and probably a couple decades by life experience. The three of them stare at me and wait for an answer. Um, no. I'm Cat, Cat Wallace. I wasn't born here. I just got here. I fiddle with the sleeve I've decided to wear on my left arm, just to make sure it is still covering my thrall brand. There's a burst of laughter from the three. Obviously, Michelle says with a smile that doesn't look particularly friendly. Let's just remember who really is Bosch and who isn't, shall we? The threesome turn toward each other and start to murmur indecipherable things. I collect my device and books and slowly stand and move to the back row. It's just as well. I prefer being alone. Recruit Wallace, what the hell are you doing down there again? Get your ass up off the ground. The drill instructor's voice booms in my ears. There is some snickering from a few other recruits as I lay flat on my back on the ground, gazing up at the clear blue sky. Every fucking time. I sigh and roll to push myself up, trying to brush the dirt off my plain black uniform. Suddenly, the sergeant is in my face. Wallace, 
You are without a doubt the worst recruit I've seen in the dozen years I've been in charge of drilling. You can't stay on your feet in a fight. You can't hit what you shoot at. And you are always the last in after a run. New Earth help us if they ever let you off the flight simulators. I... Sergeant Marin's bullet head comes up and he looks past me. Attention? I watch all the recruits turn to face me and click to attention, their right fists to the center of their chests. This I can do. I have learned something in two weeks. I turn, and as I move to attention, I see Teddy standing with a bald, solidly built man with a scar on his right cheek. The man isn't in a Bosch uniform, but Teddy has his black and red vest on. They both are looking directly at me, and Teddy is doing the thing he does when he raises one damn eyebrow. Fuck. I just learned the word mortified when I was reading in the library at home last Sunday. Now I have an active application for it. I thump my fist to my chest and look straight ahead. I don't think this is what he envisioned when he told me I would be part of the future of Bosch. I'm a farmer for New Earth's sake, not a soldier. A problematic recruit, Sergeant Marin? Teddy's voice is steady, and I can't detect any disappointment. Nothing that can't be managed with some additional hard work, sir. Marin's reply is sharp and clear. Very good, as you were. Oh, and recruit Wallace? He's directly addressing me. Shit. Slow progress is still progress. The more effort you put in, the more you'll get out. Our eyes meet and he seems so earnest. Tears prick in the edges of mine and a lump starts to form in my throat. At the same time, I feel my lips pressed together and both hands are now in tight fists. I have been working, but I'm guessing Teddy has backed the wrong horse. An expression I picked up from watching old Earth Days movies up in my room at Teddy and Miriam's. Yes, sir, Master Commander, sir. My voice is at least steady. He turns to go and I see him lean over and talk quietly to the bald man he's walking with. The man turns back to look at me and then nods to Teddy. I turn to go back to being the worst recruit ever. The knock on my door comes after dinner when most of the rest of the recruits are out enjoying the warm evening and socializing together. I prefer to stay alone in my room with its bare walls and tiny bed and three-drawer dresser all in a muted beige and reed. I bring a pile of books from Teddy's library back with me every Sunday, and I want to finish them so I can switch them for more next week. The books are the only thing that distinguish my room from an empty one. Well, the books and the plants I have growing under a light. One is a small fern and one is a succulent. Both were Miriam's, but she asked me to revive them. I make a face at the door, and then sighs. I set the book down and rise to answer the knock. My eyes narrow. It's the bald man from earlier. Up close, he isn't just sturdily built, he's a pile of muscles. And the short-sleeved shirt he wears is tight around his biceps, even though his face looks older than Teddy's. Good evening. Do you have a moment to talk? I am a bit stunned. This is the first time anyone has ever come to my door. I might be the worst recruit, but I'm not stupid. Yes, but not here. Let's walk. We walk down the quiet hallway. Let me introduce myself. My name's Tommy Gallagher. Cat Wallace, but I think he knew that. He grins, but he doesn't fully look at me. I, Teddy mentioned your name, and he mentioned you were perhaps having a spot of trouble with the program. I think Teddy has far overestimated my abilities. I do all the same training as the other recruits and still can't manage to hold my own in sparring or keep up in the runs. I can't even shoot straight, but honestly, I'm better than I was when I lived back in the North Country. North Country, eh? 
That's pretty isolated and backward out there, as I understand it. You understand it just right. Now, what do you want? I'm not offended by his comment about my country of birth. I hold no love for it. But I want to know why he is here. A warm laugh rolls from his throat and he turns to look at me. I used to run the fighter training for select force officers. And I trained BPF sharpshooters. Now I work when I want to. Or when someone I respect asks me to. And what were you asked to do? My eyes are narrowed, but I want to hear the scheme. Supplement your training. I hoot. Supplement? I'm up at dawn training for hours. He smiles at me. Dawn is at 6.5 bells. I'll expect you tomorrow at four bells at the officer's gym. Come prepared to work. So I guess this isn't optional then. There's a slight dig in my voice. His eyes shift to my face. Lass, every choice we make opens us up to more options. I'll see you tomorrow at four bells or I won't. He turns and walks away down the hall, whistling. He gives the door a quick push. It opens and the whistled tune fades from my ears. I frown a bit and go back to my small room, picking up the book I was reading before Tommy Gallagher interrupted me. It's from a writer of the ancient times, Shakespeare. It's a huge tome. The language is different, even more so than the speech used in the old Earth Days video recordings of old movies that Teddy and Miriam have at their house. But I worked hard to master it. Listening to old Earth Days recordings of the stories, reading scenes out loud with Teddy on Sundays, and then reading it myself, as if I can hear it in my head. It took some extra effort, but the stories, the plays were and are worth it. These Bosch have a fascination for old Earth Days, and even before then. They seemed to have gathered up everything they could as they sailed about exploring what was left. Glancing down at where I left off, I see the king is dying and Prince Hal's life is about to change. I sigh and close the book. It's been around for 700 years. I suppose it will hold for a few more nights. I reach to turn off the light. I better get to bed early if I'm getting up at half past three bells. Faster, recruit. Keep those knees up. Watch for obstacles. Breathe. Tommy's voice comes from somewhere out of the dim as he cruises along, not too close to me, in his little open vehicle. Every morning, and I believe morning is a misnomer for four bells, which is far more like late night. Nevertheless, every morning, this week and last, I've arrived, put on an increasingly heavy pack, and run the hills that skirt the airfield for a full bell. I'm getting used to the dark, and I sure as hell will keep my knees up. The moon gives little light, and Tommy told me headlights are for amateurs. Learn to do with what you have available. So now I start slowly, let my eyes grow accustomed to the dark, and pick up my feet as if there are logs and rocks everywhere because, well, there are. And hey, I'm not falling as much as I did the first week, so small victories. As I approach another hill, I pump my arms as instructed to increase my speed and control my breathing. The first day, Tommy taught me rhythmic breathing and made me do it lying on my back and while running in a 3-2 cadence, breathing in for a count of three or three footfalls when I run, breathing out for the count of two or two footfalls until it was second nature. Now it is ingrained and I switch easily to a 2-1 cadence as I increase my effort until I make the peak of the hill, then switch back to 3-2. Easy work. The breathing training has translated to my fighting workouts, both on the heavy bag and the double end bag. After my dark runs, I spent an entire bell the first week simply coasting my jab and my cross until my shoulders were burning and I felt I couldn't lift my hands again. 
When I couldn't go any further, Tommy had me drop to the floor and do core workouts for the last half bell before I head to regular PT with my class. Tommy has also gifted me with innumerable aphorisms. Keep moving, Wallace. Pain now means progress later. What challenges us, changes us. And you don't lose until you give up. I started out annoyed by these sayings, but now I repeat them in my sleep. My arms were always strong, but I feel my whole body strengthening under Tommy's tutelage. And I know my hits are solid and accurate. I've gotten more confident at footwork as well. And Tommy has taken to sparring with me for a half bell. I'm eager to return to matches with other recruits, though Tommy has told me not to throw too much in class, but just to keep moving. Just make him miss for now. Later you can make him pay. Good to be underestimated. So, I breathe out heavily with my punch. What about shooting? I'm coasting on the heavy bag. Hooks now. Can't go shooting in the dark. Tommy paces back and forth watching my form. Keep your elbows in, chin down. No shooting at night. At least not at first. Let's meet at lunchtime on Saturday. Done. I'll take any help I can get. Week three. I realize just how much faster, stronger, and focused I am, and figure a little additional work will push me that much further. So I convince the trooper who closes the gym to give me the code, using a bottle of whiskey as an enticement, so I can work out in the evening after everyone else is gone. I focus on weights and core work there, and then grab a late-night snack of nuts and eggs at the mess that is between the gym and the dormitory. Tommy says protein is essential, and then fall into bed for several hours until it all begins again. As I'm coming out of the gym on the third night, I see Fred Driscoll and Raheem Burnin walking by as I pull the doors shut. Fred is 17 years old, with a spotty face and distinct discomfort talking to people. And Raheem must be around the same age, and is a head shorter than me with a round face and tightly curled dark hair. Raheem had been one of the recruits I sparred with early on, and he knocked me down with a wild punch. It hurt a bit and I was frustrated, but I think he felt worse. He had helped me up and kept apologizing as Lance Moreau, with his perfect teeth and perfect hair, and his entourage of beautiful people, laughed. Finally found someone you can beat, Vernon. That makes you second from the worst. The group laughed even more. Boy, would I like to smack Lance. And if I keep working, I might just be able to eventually. Maybe in the smoker the night before graduation. What are you doing in the gym, Cat? I thought it was locked. Raheem gestures to the metal door with peeling red paint. I put a finger to my lips. Oh, you know. I try to think of something vague enough to sound plausible. Just a little extra workout. Raheem frowns and I decide to go for broke. Trying to get a bit better in hopes of knocking one of Lance's perfect white teeth out. I gave a small punch to the air and smile. Raheem chuckles, but poor Fred looks terrified, which is a common expression for him. Not really, Fred, I assure him quickly. Just want to improve, so having some weights and workouts each evening. Fred looks mollified and starts to walk on, but Raheem grabs his uniform sleeve and says something to him that I can't hear. I see Fred consider, then shrug and nod. Raheem looks at me. That's a good idea. Can we come too? We won't tell anyone. I consider the request. I like not having other people around during these workouts, and I don't want the trooper who gave me the code to get in trouble. But these two are actually pretty nice guys. They sit near the back in classes like me, and I've talked with them some. At first, they seem scared of me, probably because I'm female, and they don't generally have the nerve to talk to women. But now they treat me as one of the guys, and we have exchanged a few quips. 
I've seen Fred do some pretty great mechanical work, too. I don't think they'll rat on me. They just want to get a bit better, too. Best to keep them close. I wouldn't say I trust them, but I don't not trust them. Sure, but let's just keep it to the two of you, okay? Okay. Thanks, Kat. Tommy has me sparring with him more now. Just technical stuff, mainly footwork and defense. But I'm determined not to end up laid out flat again. We work out in the officer's gym at hours that apparently officers sleep during. The floor is shiny hard wood, and there are heavy bags, speed bags, and double-end bags, as well as racks of free weights around the perimeter. In the middle is the ring raised a good meter from the floor and set off with three tiers of black ropes. This is where we spar. Show me your jab, lass, that's it. Now you block mine. Tommy wears some black men's leggings and a black sleeveless shirt. I wear the physical training uniform issued to all recruits. Black shorts, black short sleeve top, and black workout shoes. I also wear my sleeve over my brand. Keep your elbows in and your chin down, he chides me. Better? Don't step across, just slide and pivot. Watch your weight distribution. And so it goes for hours. But I feel the improvement. At the end of week four, Tommy tells me he wants me to run the obstacle course on Sunday. It's my only day off, but it's everyone else's day off as well. So the course will be empty. I'll be there. Damn right you will, lass. You have a score to settle. I grin at Tommy and head to regular PT. Go, cat, faster, go! I hear Tommy's voice pushing me on as I run and climb and jump and swing and crawl through the course early Sunday morning. We are in the gym nearest the dorms that has been especially set up for the obstacle course every recruit must pass to graduate. It's a huge open space with climbing ropes hanging down, tires positioned to test footwork, and a narrow mezzanine that encircles the main gym that we run on. Go, go, go! I control my breathing, but I know I'm making good time. The first time I did this, I came in dead last by a wide margin. Now I'm moving rapidly through the obstacles. I push myself as I make the final turn and run as fast as I can, passing the finish line. Done. That might be record time. I fling myself to the ground, panting but exhilarated by my success. I hear voices near me and open my eyes, still taking in lungfuls of air, slowly bringing my heart rate back to normal. I see Tommy grinning at me, and there next to him is Teddy. Teddy and Tommy. They sound like characters from a children's book, I think wildly. Honestly, together, these old farts look like it too. Well, you certainly put your heart into that run, Teddy grins at me. I told you hard work pays off. I grin up at him and push myself up on my elbows. Would it kill you to say you're proud of me, Teddy? He nods his head slowly and rubs his chin as if considering. It might. Don't see as how I should take the chance. His eyes are twinkling. I start to laugh and I'm heartened to hear him join in with his rich laugh. And then Tommy's deep chuckle wraps around us, and all I can feel is delight. I fucking did it. 